Well, the College of Music at Michigan State University is thrilled to announce that a project created fully by artists from MSU has been nominated for two Latin Grammy Awards. King Mangoberry is a suite of music for Wind Symphony written by MSU Professor of Composition Ricardo Lorenz that has now been recognized internationally and the connections to MSU and the surrounding community are strong. In addition to Ricardo, this recording is performed by students in the MSU Wind Symphony, conducted by MSU Professor of Music Kevin Sedatal, produced by MSU Assistant Professor of Music David Thornton, arranged by MSU Music alumnus Travis Higa, and recorded locally by MSU Music alumnus Sergey Kavitko. In addition, the artwork for the CD package was created by 7th and 8th grade students at Chippewa Middle School in Okemos, Michigan. It's truly a homegrown project made entirely in Michigan, and it's now in the epicenter of Latin music after being nominated for Best Classical Album and Best Classical Contemporary Composition for the track Paraúco. The latter features renowned Maracas player Manuel Alejandro Rangel, and it's the first time in Latin Grammy history that Venezuelan maracas are in a classical music category nomination. It's rare to receive nominations of this kind for a recording created by an academic institution. So it's a pleasure to welcome Ricardo and Kevin to MSU today to talk about it a bit. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you, Russell. Thank you. Ricardo, why don't we start with you? Tell us about the pieces and what inspired them. Well, let's let's um, first start by saying that um, the reason why there is even a CD uh, that was able to be nominated by the Latin Recording Academy is completely due to my colleague and friend, Kevin Sedato. Um, he has been um, uh, creating a series of CD, I would call them monograph CDs where, or albums where he features a single composer. And I was extremely, um, uh, 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 lucky to have um, Kevin decide to do one devoted to my music. That's why we have a CD first and foremost. This is uh, 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 this is the the brainchild of of, of, of Kevin. So there, the the CD is um, uh, it, it shows uh, a good chunk of my creative output. All of it. Uh, um, influenced and impacted by. Uh, my um, friendship and collaboration with Kevin. Uh, I've been at MSU for 15 years and so has Kevin. So we pretty much came to MSU at the same time. Am I right, Kevin? Yeah. Yeah. Close. yeah. So um, that, that's, that's, I think, uh, really important to point out that if, if it wasn't for this collaboration, there wouldn't be a CD. Now, uh, one of the pieces uh, in, in, the, in the CD, there are three of them, it's a piece that I wrote actually 20 years ago, but it has slowly evolved into a new version of this piece. And this is Pataruco, the Maracas Concerto. Originally, it was a piece for a symphony orchestra and after being performed by many orchestras around the country and, and uh, the world. Finally, um, one of the uh, doctoral students of our uh, conducting program, a wind conducting program, as part of this amazing project that Kevin has uh, uh, that um, encourages his students to do transcriptions of, of pieces that are not originally for Wind Symphony, 
uh, decided to take on Pataruco. And um, I had the most wonderful experience sort of mentoring him through the process. And in the end, um, uh, what came out is um, a version of the piece uh, that I almost like better in many ways than the original. So now it has new life and it's also in the CD. And um, we were very lucky to be able to bring from Venezuela, directly from Venezuela, um, wonderful percussionist, uh, Maraca player, uh, Manuel Rangel to be featured on the, in the album. So uh, that's the one piece that I composed uh, before my years at MSU, but the other two, including King Mangoberry, Five Allegories uh, for Wind Symphony, uh, were uh, composed uh, while at MSU and due to, again, my, my friendship collaboration with not only Kevin, but another wonderful colleague who is no longer with us, but he's now the director of bands at um, uh, South Carolina, uh, University of South Carolina. University of South Carolina in, Colum in Columbia, um, Cormac Cannon, and he's the re he's responsible for commissioning and the creation of King Mangoberry that gives the, the 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 name to the that gives the 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 name to the title of the city. This has been something that we've wanted to do for a long time. Um, early on in my uh, time at Michigan State, <clears throat> I asked Ricardo to write a piece. Um, well, it was a collaboration with the American Bandmasters Association uh, called El Muro, which we premiered uh, at the National College Band Directors Association Convention in 2000, what was it, Ricardo, nine? Uh, eight or nine, yes, I think it was eight, yeah. Um, and which, was, which is a terrific piece and got um, uh, one great acclaim uh, and has been performed quite a bit um, across the country. Um, and I was just, as most things work in our, in our world, by coincidence, I just happened to be at the University of South Carolina for the premiere of King Mangoberry at South Carolina. I was in the audience. I heard the very first performance of it. And I immediately called Ricardo after wow. that and said, we're going to record this because the music was so compelling and so fresh and colorful and unique. Um, didn't sound like, well, I don't even know what regular band music sounds like anymore, but definitely a very, very unique voice. So I told him like, well, we're gonna, we are definitely going to record this. Um, and then at the same time we were talking about this, I knew that my student, Travis Higa, was looking for a project, and we started talking to Ricardo about this Maracas Concerto, and he had this crazy idea that it might become a really great wind piece. So we all started working on this together. We recorded King Mangoberry first in the fall of the year while Travis and Ricardo were working on the transcription, and then we, and then we recorded Pataruco uh, in March of the, the following spring and brought Manuel in to, to solo with us. So it was just, it's one of the, it's kind of a very natural thing. Uh, I just needed, I always wanted to make a CD of Ricardo's music. We just had to get more music um, to, to do a, you know, a full CD for wins. So that was the, that was kind of the, I guess the, the dream behind all of this. And now it's like, it's turned into something 
far bigger than maybe either one of us thought it was going to be. But man, it's just it's just been fantastic. The College of Music, though, is known for that excellence, and it, as well as a lot of MSU, has that collaborative culture you're talking about. Isn't that right? Oh yes, for sure. I, I can um, I can attest to that, and and definitely uh, the collaboration between uh, the composition department and the performance, uh, the different performance uh, areas, is very tied, particularly with the wind. Uh, a program. Um, and that stems from the fact that um, I always say, and I learned this uh, as soon as I got to MSU, because I came from other schools that were not so um, focused on, on, on wind symphony music. But I've been saying it since I got to MSU that uh, the, the wind conductors and uh, the wind symphony is, a, is the greatest friend of the composer these days. It is the vehicle by which a composer now proves her himself and and um and uh, they're so welcoming and so supportive of, of the composers and that's something that we didn't have for the longest time so um this is i guess another example of, of, of that so what does it mean and feel like to be nominated for grammys that doesn't happen every day either right <laughs> i was telling kevin the the beautiful message about this is that i mean think about it we're nominated for by the latin uh, uh recording academy and for a project that is mainly made in Michigan. And I don't know if you've seen lately, but the Latino presence in Michigan is not too, <laughs> like, where is it, right? And suddenly we're thrown into this fantastic um, uh, uh, spotlight. They have recognized um, what we're doing. And I, I was telling Kevin, I am so proud and so happy for the performers, these phenomenally talented students who they never would never see themselves in that realm of being um, uh, uh, spotlighted by anything that having to do with the Latino culture. And here they are. Some of them maybe have, this is this was the only connection they have to anything that's uh, Latino. And now they are, um, you know, considered for an award by the most prestigious association that that recognizes uh, Latino culture. Oh, that's really cool. I hadn't thought about it that way. But uh, and let me ask you both. Uh, we're sort of in the throes of the pandemic. How is that impacting you both as you try to to continue your teaching? And I know the College of Music, some students are actually back because there's no other way to do it. But just talk a little bit about how you personally as professors in the college is evolving in these perilous times. Of course, we have no undergraduate students that, on campus, really, except that the College of Music has gotten permission for our undergrads to come into the building so they can practice. Um, and it's, you know, it's very regimented. Uh, there's, a, there's a ton of protocol that they've got to go through to, to make sure that things are safe. Um, but it's the provost has recognized that our students are unique in that way that they just don't have, they've got to have the capability to practice uh, in a space that allows them to do that. Um, so we do have uh, a certain number of graduate students that are coming into the building. And currently there are about 30 that are performing, uh, that are volunteering to perform because they just want a live experience. Um, so we can put in our new rehearsal spaces, which are just fantastic to have, we can put about in our large, largest room, we can put 15 seated people, seated players, 
nine feet apart from each other, both side to side and front to back. They have to all be facing forward, not curved in at all. Uh, and then we can have uh, two to three percussionists plus piano and harp, if, if that's what it calls for, or double bass. Um, but they're having to perform in kind of very weird circumstances. Many of them have to wear a mask while they play, brass players. Hmm. Um, all of them have some kind of covers on their bells to reduce the aerosol. Um, we are, as conductors, we are standing behind a big plexiglass shield. We conduct with masks on. Um, it's just very, very strange, but the, the want to make live music um, makes us do crazy things, I guess, you know. We're going to do what we have to do in order to perform. Um, I will say that the students have just been fantastic about following the right protocols. Um, and if someone feels like that they have been exposed, there's an immediate call that goes out and that person will quarantine. Luckily, we haven't had to deal with that very much at all over the last two months. Um, um, so it's um, it's been a challenge, but one that's been worth it. And the students are having to um, perform in different ways that it's uncomfortable for a while, but it is making them listen in a different way, uh, communicate in a different way. And I do believe once we get through all of this and things come back to quote unquote normal, that we're going to have learned a bunch from, from going through this procedure. Mainly we're going to learn how much we love to perform with each other. That's the biggest, that is, that's been the biggest um, hurdle for them to get over that the ones that are not getting to do this, like you, you, we just never knew how much we missed it uh, until now. So we learned not to take things so, so much for granted when they're taken away from us. And uh, hopefully we'll get back to whatever normal is going to be in s sooner than later. My admiration goes to conductors and musicians like, like uh, Kevin that, that have made their living bringing people together and having them listen to each other in, in very close quarters, which is, as he was saying, is so, so necessary in order to make good quality music. And there he is and other conductors, there they are uh, trying their best at um, reimagining the space and what to do with it and even reimagining acoustics. So um, I've been seeing some of these podcasts and they're, they're um, just wonderful, but I see the, the challenges. So, so um, I'm just very, very proud and, and very grateful that, that, um, that they, they will not stop <laughs> and as it should be. What, one thing I would say that is of, uh, has been of benefit to me personally, and I think this is something we can eventually incorporate when we, and I hope we do go back to uh, making music in the way we have uh, grown up to love it, is that you know the space is no longer uh, deterrent, and I've been able to have these amazing workshops with students all over the country through Zoom. Uh, something that I would have not been able to because sometimes it's expensive or you can't travel there. But now that's not um, a limitation anymore. So I've gotten to to be part of one, wonderful conversations with composers also that I would have never 
be been in the same space with with them if it wasn't for this new opening to technology um and my my another example of my son uh, who's a 14 year old cellist is studying with a cellist in georgia he has never seen him in the same room and he has been studying with him for three three months already and he's he's uh doing great progress all through zoom something that would he would have never been able to do well that's that's really me things are changing and not all for the worse some things are are getting better i guess but uh well, want to congratulate both of you and the entire college on the Grammys. When might we hear? Do you know when the awards are? November nineteenth. I have I have it in my <laughs> uh, calendar. <laughs> well, well, we wish you the best. And just some final thoughts. What would you like listeners to take away about the two nominated pieces, and just sort of your the collaborative ethos there that's so powerful. Well, that music is all about relationships. It's all about making relationships and, and bridging differences. Uh, I mean, I can't think of a better example of that. Uh, we could have had a wonderful CD if we had not brought in an artist like Manuel Rangel, who brings in a complete different culture and, and a different uh, scene uh, uh, to, to music that, that we don't have. Probably we wouldn't be talking to you right now about being nominated for a Latin Grammy. So, so it's the bridging that I, I'm always very interested in. And the, the experiences for the students, uh, th that's why we do these projects. I mean, it's, it's great to have kind of a record of pieces for a particular composer, but for the students, it's all about their um, experience they have with composers and soloists and what they learn from that. And particularly this music, like Ricardo was saying, is this, they, they don't have they wouldn't have had that experience dealing in this particular uh, genre, if you will, and br bringing a, a soloist from uh, another country who, in all honesty, didn't speak great English, um, and just our communication um, and letting the music speak for itself. That was, uh, that for me is probably the most important uh, aspect of this whole journey is that what the students get out of it and um, how they grow, you know, both musically and as people. Um, it's great to have the CD and it's great to have all the awards and hopefully the awards, but more importantly, it's, it's the experience for the students. Uh, well, you, you mentioned it earlier. It's just uh, so special to have had also the participation of young, you know, seven and eight graders. In, 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 the, in the artistic part. Uh, I, we didn't mention to you, but we actually projected when we premiere the piece here at MSU of King Mangoberry, we projected uh, um, the drawings, the artwork that the children did. And in the lobby of the Wharton Center, we had 80 drawings, all uh, uh, inspired by the characters uh, of, of the piece of music. So that to me is, is very special. Well, Ricardo and Kevin, congratulations again. Thank you for, for joining me again on MSU today. Thank you, Russell. Great pleasure. And, and great also having a chance to talk to Kevin. And that is Ricardo Lorenz and Kevin Sedatal from MSU's renowned College of Music. They're part of an all-MSU team nominated for two Latin Grammys for Best Classical Album and Best Classical Contemporary Composition. We'll learn about that on November 19th and Great talking with both of them. A lot more online at music.msu.edu. And I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today. Music.